today on the Rita Mimi Do It Show. Manifestation comes into play because it's the single biggest way we can empower ourselves right now because we can't control like I, the thing with manifestation is, is we get to control our experience, our reality. We can't control things that are outside of that sphere of influence. Does that make sense? So I can't control how the pandemic spreads um, and I can't other than playing my part by you know being a good citizen and sticking to lockdown for example but I am in control of how I feel and my experience and so that's why it's very easy right now to give away our power and to feel like our power has been taken away by COVID-19 for example and everything that's going on out there and I get it because it's scary but the thing with manifestation is is it still works because of Rita, I got on the news. Because of Rita, I had 15 speaking engagements last year. Because of Rita, I've become a six-figure business owner. Because, because of Rita, because of Rita I'm I've doubled my revenue by doubling my clients. I'm Rita, business strategist, speaker, and success coach. Also known as the gal who went on 35 dates in 35 days and blogged all about it. And this is the Rita Mimi Do It Show where every week I bring you the real information about what it takes to go all in on your dreams so that you can build a profitable business and live a positive life. Some weeks I'll have a guest and others it'll be just you and me, like we're out on my deck sharing a bottle of wine. The conversation, yeah, it'll be that real. Hi, everyone. I'm really excited for today's episode of the Rita Mimi Do It show. I am joined by not only a friend of mine, um, but someone who is a peer in that we're in a mastermind group together. She's a peer in that she's also a business coach and strategist, but she's a mom. She's a wife. She's a success coach. She's a manifestation expert. Um, there's a lot that we have in common that I haven't really put together before, and I'm really excited <laughs> to talk about it today. And she is over in the UK. It is still the time of COVID-19 when you're listening to this well into the future, since like I say, I know you guys are all going to be listening to me and people will continue to listen to me well into the future. So we're still there. Corey, hello. Welcome to the hello. Rita Mimi Show. Hi. Hello, Rita. <laughs> hello. So, um, I am with Corey Javid, and Corey is like everything I said. She's incredible. And so I really just kind of want to jump into the conversation with you. But how is it over there in the yeah. UK? We're in total lockdown right now. So we're allowed to leave the house once a day for exercise. One member of the house can leave to buy essential items. That's it. <laughs> That's it. That is it. That wow. Is it. Yeah. Well, we are definitely going to like dive into how all of that is affecting mm. everything because it's affecting everything for everyone. But um, so today is Easter. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. It is also my sixth wedding anniversary today. <gasps> Aww, and so yeah. I told Chuck, I said, hey, so I am going to work on our sixth wedding anniversary. Happy and anniversary. He was, he's like, surprise, <laughs> surprise. And I said, no, I said, but it's okay because I'm interviewing Corey. And he was like, oh, the money manifestation girl. First of all, he loves your voice, right? He loves oh, your voice because we, we've listened to your podcast. And he's like, oh, just keep playing that, right? Um, but it's an accent, right? But then he's like, oh, the, the manifestation, money man. I love money. So please go talk to Corey all day long about manifesting He's like, get money. some of those money vibes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. He's like, go talk for hours about this. Um, so it is a weird 
time. It's the mm-hmm. COVID-19. There's a lot of uncertainty. As you know, our brain like really prioritizes certainty and safety. Our brain yes. loves to be safe. And so we'll even prioritize safety and security over fulfillment. Right, yeah. which we both know because we were in in jobs, regular corporate mm-hmm. America, nine to five jobs, where we did just that. So why don't you tell everybody mm-hmm. about what that job was back before you were doing sure. what you were doing? You were in corporate America. So, corporate so, uh, UK as yeah, it is. Cor- yeah. cor- I'm sorry. Yes, corporate <laughs> UK, like prioritizing, right, all of that safety, mm-hmm. right, but not feeling so fulfilled. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, sure. So I worked at an investment bank for 10 years and I was a manager, coach, mentor, trainer, all the things. And it was okay. And there was parts of it that I liked, but I was not fulfilled and it did not light my soul on fire and it was not flexible enough. So after I had my daughter, I went back and I had to fight to get some kind of semblance of flexibility. And that was just quite sort of soul destroying to feel like I was having to make such a big compromise, but I made the compromise because I felt like I had to. So I felt like I had to stay there because it was stable and it made sense and they were a good employer and I got good benefits and I was quote unquote paid well, which now I look back and laugh at. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) But I, I genuinely thought that that was my only option. And so for that sake of security and stability, I stayed. And it wasn't until like the universe got sick of me, basically, you know, it will give you a nudge, it will give you a nudge. And then eventually it's like, no, gives you a big like elbow to the face. (laughs) Yeah, no, we're gonna, I'm gonna, because we actually had the same elbow to the face, which is really funny. And so, I mean, really, that's it, right? That's what's Mm -hmm. going on for a lot of people right now is that we feel like corporate and being an employee Mm -hmm. of a, you know, and getting that steady kind of paycheck, right? That that's secure and that's safe. And what people are realizing right now is like maybe, Mm -hmm. maybe not some, I mean, investment banking, I imagine (laughs) has taken a really big like downturn and hit right now with everything that's going. So it's like this, this eye opening, wait, what I thought was safe and secure. isn't all that secure at all. Right. It's not secure at all. And we create, we create it right in our mind. Mm -hmm. It's really an illusion. Security is so is. I'm always saying to people that security isn't like a job. It's not an amount of money in the bank. It's not, you know, any of these things. Security comes from within and it comes yeah, from it has to. self-trust as much as anything, like big amount. Yeah. If it comes from certainty, right, instead yes. of trust, right, that, yeah. it doesn't exist because we don't actually no. really know what's going to happen in an hour or what's going to happen. None of us knew this was coming. <laughs> no. I mean, I guess some people say they did, but you yeah. know, it's like, um, but no, but nobody knows. I mean, mm. every day, it's not just in a time like we're talking you know there's a lot and I even did a podcast like this like how to build a business in uncertain time right that's the phrase right now uncertain times but really every time is uncertain every day is uncertain we can we can guess like what we think is going to happen but we don't know and so that's the way that we both left nine to five is an example of that right because for me I will I rolled into my job and they were like hey so we've decided to outsource our entire department to another company and and they're keeping some of you and laying off the rest Mm -hmm. and you're staying but here's your new job and here's all this stuff and it was just like everything I knew had been pulled out from underneath me 
And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, like this is not what I want at all. So I quit and I left. But how about for you? Because it was very similar for you too. Yeah. So it was actually um, the same week that my daughter started school. So it's, as a mom, that's like a big emotional time, you know, because your baby's growing up. And also <laughs> as a mom and somebody who's working, it's also a tricky time because I had to figure out how are we going to make school work because school hours here are like 8.30 to 3.30 or 3.15 or whatever. And so I had been meticulously like maneuvering my schedule at work and speaking to my husband about his schedule and figuring out after school care and all of these things to get this like perfect schedule yeah. <laughs> it locked down. And literally week one, there's a big meeting at work. Oh, everyone come into the auditorium. I was like, oh, yawn. What's this going to be about? Yeah. <laughs> and essentially, oh, all of your jobs are disappearing. Yeah, surprise. Like, yeah. remember that stable, secure job you loved yeah, so much? I just got figured out everything, you know. I was like, no. And it was it was literally at the time, now looking back, I see it like as the biggest blessing, like one of the best things that's ever happened to me. But at the time, it felt like an absolute blow. I felt sure. like the rug had been pulled out from under me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Even though I quit, right? Even though I was like that. And I remember just feeling the words come out of my mouth because mm. I had just just gotten married. So this was like one month after I just had this big wedding, right? We're paying that yep. off still. And I'm just like, they're like, so here's your new job, but you can't be called an attorney anymore. And your money's going to be a little bit less. And here's the terrible like duties you're going to have. And I was just like, I quit. So even though I proactively quit, I left that day feeling mm. like, oh my God. Like, so were you, how are you feeling on that? So they said, they told you like your job is basically yes. not it not existent, it's, right? They said, well, it's at risk, which is kind of, you know, following the whole protocol of how you have to deal with these things. But the whole whole swathes of where I was working, so whole departments were moving locations. So you had a choice. You can move to Scotland. And I love Scotland, but my life is not there. <laughs> right, yeah. Or they, they also, you know, to be fair, the choice was, or you can try to redeploy elsewhere within the business, but you had to apply for an opening. You're not given any kind of special treatment. It's just as you would for any other kind of job. And so I thought, do you know what? No, uh, this hasn't been really working for me anyway. It's actually my husband who can sometimes be kind of conservative, risk adverse type of thing. But yeah. he was actually the one that pushed me. I remember really vividly, we were out for dinner for my birthday. And I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. What should I do? And it was this really prolonged period, actually, between them telling us that we were at risk and then us actually finding out we're definitely losing our jobs. It was months. It was quite a lot of uncertainty to deal with. And I was like toing and froing. It's really stressful being in that state of indecision, actually. And like you get decision fatigue starts to set in in a massive way. And I remember him saying to me, you should just take the severance package and see what you can do. We'll be able to make ends meet for a while. See if you figure something else out. Worst comes to worst, you can go back in a year because they have a you know, if you take severance, you can't, you can't work there again for a year. And I was like, I can't even believe you've suggested that to me. <laughs> I had no, Who are you? <laughs> I had no faith in myself at that point. Yeah. And I had, yeah. and I couldn't see anything for myself out there in terms of jobs. Cause I had looked and it was compromise, compromise, compromise. Either I'm working full time and I'm missing out on time with my daughter or I'm making a massive, massive hit financially. If I was going to find something that had some flexibility to it. And I just, I thought he was mad, but it planted the seed in my head. And then that 
grew and then I ended up deciding actually yeah I am going to do this I have this. no idea what I'm going to do <laughs> what it's going to be but... <laughs> so so yeah. you had a little bit of a severance we you yes. know I obviously just quit I didn't get yeah. a severance for that but we had a little bit of savings I remember coming home and telling Chuck I was like because I knew what I well I thought I knew what I was going to do because I had kind of been doing it on the side so I came mm. home and Chuck was like how was work and I said well because he's also very risk averse yes. I said well I'm a dating coach now. And he was like, oh. And I remember his look and he was just like, okay, cool. You have three months Mm -hmm. to make that work. And then you can still try to make that work. But I'm going to need you to go back and get a job because we did not plan for this. And we had just had a wedding and we had a lot of expenses. And he Mm -hmm. was like, so I'm behind you on this, but like you need to make money. So if you're not making money in three months and I was like, okay, I, I also did not really believe in myself, but I just knew I wasn't going to go back to corporate Mm -hmm. America. Right. And so this is where we have another similarity. We're like in three, I I always say, and in three months I had surpassed my attorney salary. Right. And I know in three months you had really built your business. Yeah. So actually I would say though, it was three months of launching my business. So I took the summer off with my daughter because by the time this I'd actually, so I found out my job was at risk in like September and I didn't actually leave because it was this prolonged protracted thing until July. Um, So I thought, well, I may as well take the summer off with her. Now my first plan (laughs) was that I was going to be a social media manager. So I also then embarked before I left, I started a a training course, like this six month qualification in social media. And about halfway through, I thought, well, this is nice, but I don't want to do this. It's just not for me. And it's really funny because somebody had asked me like, oh, surely you're just going to go and be a coach or something like that. And as I was leaving one of my ex-colleagues and I was like, no, don't be ridiculous. That's crazy. That's crazy, why, dog. Why would I do that? <laughs> why would I do that really obvious thing? <laughs> um, and then I, I, and it was really down to not having the confidence to go out and do that on my own. And then, so partway through towards the end of the summer, I realized, no, actually I'm going to do this whole coaching thing. I'm going to see how I can bring this online because I've just done it in the corporate environment. It's quite different. And so I didn't actually launch my business until the November. But yes, you're right. It's three within three months of launching it, then I'd replace my corporate salary. Yeah. And I always caveat mine because I'll say yes, in three months of launching it, I same thing, replace my corporate salary. However, for me, I had been running a singles group for five years as a hobby before mm. I became a dating coach and I had a really successful blog that people had followed and read and they were already messaging me saying be a dating coach which is when I was like that's crazy Um, (laughs) I'm a lawyer so that's not going to happen and then of course it's exactly what happened Hmm. but so I do caveat like yes in three months also like five years and and three months a little bit right and what I did but right like the idea is that so I don't know about you but when I quit I was terrified. And I think sometimes it's very easy to go, and in three months, I surpassed my corporate salary because that's Mm -hmm. true, right? But it wasn't just like, and I was just tap dancing and smiling all three months long, and it all just felt great. And like, I I listened to an interview that you had once, and you're like, and like, it really all just fell into place. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. yeah, but like, I've done this whole three-month replace my salary thing, and it all fell into place. But Mm -hmm. I remember a couple of days that I was laying on my bed crying, saying this is not going to work. Like, I don't... 
I I just don't I don't see how this is going to happen. I remember getting a bill one day and just because I had not yet had the mindset, right, that I have mm-hmm. now or had the experience that I had now. So I don't know about for you, did it really just feel like sunshine and rainbows for the three months that you were in on your business or if we pulled it back a little bit, yeah. what was really the trajectory yeah. of the so three months? There's a kind of short and a long answer. The short one's really annoying because, yes, it was Sunshine and Rainbow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yes, yes, it was. Yes, it was. Yeah. <laughs> sorry to be obnoxious. It's okay. Don't be sorry. That's, that's great. <laughs> but the longer answer is during the time between, so I found out in the September, I was my job was at risk. I think it was around the January, I actually had major surgery. Um, so I was still in corporate employment then, which was great because I got to use my private medical cover for it. Yeah. Um, and I had six weeks recovery because it was big surgery. And during that six weeks, I was still not knowing what I was going to do with myself. And so I really got into mindset work in a big way then. So I'd started that kind of in the January. Um, and I really started getting into manifestation and things. Okay. So you're answering my next question because my very next question was like, because I know you didn't just get born with like this money mindset (laughs) and manifestation mindset, right? So my question was, when did you, Mm -hmm. right, get into that and what made you interested in that? So you were diving into it, right? at the time of your what made you do it though when you were going through your surgery and all were Mm. you just like oh I think I should just read about manifestation now well it was it was just one of those funny things you know how like one thing leads to another thing and then leads to another thing and because I had six weeks where I couldn't move yeah and I actually went to move um lived with my parents for the six weeks because my mom was like there's no way if you're at home with a small child that you're not going to do something silly move in a way that you shouldn't be moving come and live here we can keep an eye on you but I was like just Bored sitting around. Um, and I started like listening to some podcasts. And I think I listened to Jen Sincero's You're a Badass. And then she's okay. got You're a Badass at Making Money. And then um, and then from there, and then I was listening to a podcast, also The Lively Show at the time. I got into that. And it just was like, you know, you just hear something on one thing and then you like look into it more. And on the lively show, Jess Lively was talking about Abraham Hicks. And I just went down the rabbit hole and I got more and more interested. And And it really clicked me. So with like manifestation and with mindset work, like somebody had planted the seed there for me previously. There was a talk at the investment bank that I worked at and that something like the guy said there really stuck with me because it was annoying, really triggered me. So he was like, there aren't stressful situations. There's the way you respond to situations that's getting stressed. And I felt I was very much a stress head at that time. And I felt really annoyed by that, but it stuck with me because it triggered me. As I was getting into this mindset work, I started to dawn on me that there's so much truth that we create our own reality. And so, so that had kind of been like a seed that was planted by being triggered, if you see what I mean. And then going down this sort of rabbit hole of like learning all these different things, I started to realize more about manifestation and how we are creating our world around us by, you know, how we think, how we feel and and how we act. And I noticed that a lot of the manifestation techniques I'd actually weirdly been doing just without even knowing that they're a thing. Um, but only in some areas of my life, <laughs> so the areas that would go well, and then not in others. I was like, oh, I've been doing that. I just didn't know. And in particular, visualization. So I'm a real, I've got a very vivid um, mind's eye. And which I know because <laughs> random side note, there was a BBC documentary about my, people's mind's eye once. And you could go online because they were doing um, scientific research for it. And you could take this quiz and see how strong your mind's eye is. And I came out way up the end of the spectrum that they said, if you want to take part in this study, contact us. 
we need to study you. <laughs> my mum, who I always feel like we're like two peas in a pod, we're so similar. She was white at the end and she's got no mind's eye. <laughs> that was really surprising. Anyway, um, because of this, I've always had this thing. And so I didn't know the term visualization, but I was like, oh, that's why I've always got every single job I've ever been interviewed for. So I have this unbroken record and I've had a lot of jobs in my life. Yeah. Um, and I've always been... It, if I've been interviewed, I've been offered the job. And I realized it's because I was visualizing. I was always visualizing the positive outcome. And it wasn't something I was intentionally doing. It's just how my brain was working. And I would do it with like presentations at work and things like this. And so I, once I realized that, I was like, oh, that's why those two specific areas of my life would always go the way that I wanted to, them to. How can I start applying? So, so I started just having fun with it. And that just kind of grew from there. So that is the long and short. So it was Sunshine and Rainbows from the point at which I launched, but right. I'd been doing a lot of the groundwork and a lot of them. I had a really strong mindset before I even launched, which is, I think, why I felt so comfortable investing so soon in my business, in my coach, even though I was running out of severance. I was unemployed. Yeah. Um, and also we were in the middle of doing a massive structural renovation to our house, which it's like a money pick because it's 1930s yeah. house, right? You're like, this but is a great time to make an investment. But <laughs> thousands at a coach when I let's have no business it. yet. Let's definitely <laughs> let's do, do that. I'm definitely doing it. So let's tell people what manifestation really is. Some mm. people might not even know, right? Listening, mm. they might be like, okay, I've heard like the word. We forget, right? That yes, some people are yeah. at the stage where they're like, manifestation, what is what's that? that, right? Yeah. And then other people are like, yeah, I, I I hear what you're saying, but I don't really believe that you just think something and mm. it comes to be, right? So the reality, what really is manifestation all about? Manifestation is literally just bringing something into being or creating something. That's literally it. So I could decide I want to manifest a new pair of shoes. Well, me going out and buying that new pair of shoes still counts. And I think this is where sometimes when somebody's newer to manifestation, they can misunderstand and think that it has to always be magical. Of course, there are magical ones sometimes where you think a thing, you set a really clear intention and then poof, and I've got like the most incredible <laughs> weird stories of things, random stuff I've manifested, good and bad and, and in between, but really random stuff. When you're like, oh my God, you get goosebumps because that was so fast and that was so weird. Well, wait, um, I do, I do want to, so what is something that was good that give mm. an example of something good that you manifested? Oh, I've got, I've got so many. There's one that I love to tell, but I've got an actual journal that I use to note them down in because our coach who we share the same coach was like, yes. you need to write this shit down because, <laughs> <laughs> because it's, you're at the, like, you're at the, um, what's the word? The risk of this seeming normal, and this is not normal. <laughs> <laughs> this is not normal. Remember, they wanted to study you. This is not normal. Yes. You're a freak. You're a freak, basically. Write it down. Um, and so anyway, so the one that I love to talk about is, so I'd seen, I'd been listening to, I don't know if you know Pam Grout. She's got the book. Yeah, the oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yep. And she's got these little experiments that you can do to kind of prove manifestation works and the universe is responding and things. And so I was just listening to that audio book and I thought, mm, I guess my sign would be money. And then the net, like money showing up. And I wasn't more specific than that. And then the next day I woke up and I put on my, we call them dressing gown here. I think you guys, what do you call it? Like a robe or a house coat or something like yes. that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I put my hand in my pocket and there was a pound coin in there. Now, there's no need or reason why money should be in my dressing gown. Like that right, made yeah. no sense. Like money in your pajamas. Like what? <laughs> I don't go <laughs> out in that, you know. Right. <laughs> I'm not that, not that far gone yet. <laughs> um, even though I love loungewear. And so I thought, and I smiled to myself and I was like, 
thanks universe. I'll take that as a sign. And then I started finding pound coins everywhere. So I found pound coins as I was taking the washing out of the washing machine, you know, that lip where the door shuts. Yep. I found that one there. One day. Now that might not sound that remarkable, but my husband and I are not cash people. We are using the contactless payments on our cards all the time. So we don't have cash in our pockets. It's just not a thing. The next day, another pound coin in the same place. Then I'm in, uh, at the gym. I'm walking to my car. There's a pound coin next to my car on the floor. Like it, w- it was just like can't unsee it. Yeah. Right? You just, now it's every it's everywhere yes. that you. For people who don't know, so Pam Grout she wrote a book called Think and Grow Rich, and that book um, she asks just like watch how you can really start calling something into your life. So pick something, mm-hmm. anything. I think hers was like well, no, isn't hers em isn't it em squared or uh, yeah, EM squared or something. I think our coach said she did that and she did a flamingo or something and suddenly yes. like flamingos were everywhere yeah. that she looked, right? Well, this is this is what Corey's talking about with the, the yeah. pound coin. Yeah. So so anyway, so this happened for a while and then they stopped. And I was tucking my daughter into bed one evening and I thought to myself, I haven't seen a pound coin in a while. And I was like, noted, <laughs> the universe needs to get back on the case there. <laughs> and I turned off the lights and I tucked her in and I was giving her a snuggle. And then I felt something in my hand and I turned the light on and it was a sticker of a gold coin. <laughs> <laughs> and she oh, had, yeah. unbeknownst to me, been playing with some pirate sticker book. And I laughed to myself and I was like, okay, universe, that makes there sense. And then the next day, so this is where it gets really magical. Yeah. The next day, my mom and I went out for a coffee and I'm telling her this whole story that I've just told you. And we're leaving Starbucks and we're on the way back to my car. And she said, well, really what you need to do is say like universe, be more specific. And I was like, yeah, like universe, send me a 10 pound note. And I shit you not. Sorry if we can't swear on this. No, you can. Um, Yeah, we can. Come on. Yeah. (laughs) Less than a minute later, my daughter goes here and picks up a 10 pound note from the floor. (laughs) Here. Just for you. My mom and I just literally stood stock still, like jaws hit the floor, full body goosebumps. I was like, um, am I a bit magical? <laughs> just like, I think you might be. I think you might be. Um, and, you know, it, really, if you think about it, too, our jobs were kind of a way of – because neither one of us wanted that job and we kept saying we wanted more flexibility or we wanted yeah. this or we wanted yeah. – and we got it. It just came in a way yeah. <laughs> that we weren't anticipating. So, yeah. what's, so let's also talk about, though, because it's going to go into the next question that I'm going to ask you. Something that – quote unquote, was bad mm-hmm. that you manifested. Yes. <laughs> this is quite a funny one. So I was watching, oh, is it Life in Pieces? Have you seen that on no. Amazon Prime? It's really, it was really good. And it's just kind of, it's funny. And there's one, an episode where there's a rat in their attic space. And I was like, oh my God, can you imagine like a rat in the house? Oh my God, if I was in the house on my own with a rat. And so I went down this whole like thought train. <laughs> Two days later... <laughs> I'm in my house and I was like, what is that noise? I mean, I work at home on my own, of course. And I was like, what is that noise? Is my husband home? Did he come home and I didn't hear the front door? And I stood in the hallway and I was like, I can hear this scratch, 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 scratch. And I was like, and my brain went there like, it's got to be a rat. And I was like, no, it's not a rat. You're just thinking that because you saw that yesterday and because you were freaking out about having a rat in the house scratch, scratch, scratch. And I was like, oh, there's something. And I was like, hello. <laughs> Actually kind of hoping it was an intruder rather than a rat. <laughs> and I went downstairs and there was a mouse behind the fridge. Yeah. And like, we've oh. never, that's never happened. Like we don't live in like the countryside where that's like a normal thing. And I was like, whoa, okay, that's creepy. Yeah. It's like, okay, so noted. We'll not noted. think of that anymore. So, But that really ties into right now because right now people – 
are freaking out, right? Mm. Because of everything that feels mm-hmm. uncertain and and jobs are being lost every day. Unemployment mm. is skyrocketing and also people are isolated and yeah. they're not able to go about their normal routines. And so, you know, something that I've been I've been hearing lately is Look, when you guys talk about manifestation, are you saying I manifested this, right? Because I know that I did not manifest losing my job, or I did not manifest COVID-19, or I did not manifest anything that's happening. And also, like, so how can you tell me that I can control Mm -hmm. what happens in my life Mm. when really – Right. There's all of this stuff mm-hmm. that I ha- I did not cause COVID-19. Right. And so yeah. this was a, a really interesting conversation that I was listening to the other day. And so they're like, look, what what do you do with your life or your business or your money during a pandemic when there there really is so much that you can't control? So mm-hmm. how does manifestation come into play in a time like this? How would yeah. you answer that if you were part of that conversation? I think, yeah, manifestation comes into play because it's the single biggest way we can empower ourselves right now. Because we can't control, like, the thing with manifestation is, is we get to control our experience, our reality. We can't control things that are outside of that sphere of influence. Does that make sense? So, yes. I can't control how the pandemic spreads um, and I can't, other than playing my part by, you know, being a good citizen and sticking to lockdown, for example. But I am in control of how I feel and my experience. And so that's why it's very easy right now to give away our power and to feel like our power has been taken away by COVID-19, for example, and everything that's going on out there. And I get it because it's scary. But the thing with manifestation is, is it still works. It's still like the law of attraction, meaning that you attract like for like. So if you are thinking abundant, high vibe thoughts, you will attract abundant, high vibe situations, experiences. And the same is true now. So we can't control what's going on out there, but we can control what's going on on the inside. So for our own reality, we can control how we're thinking, how we're feeling. And then from there, we get to manifest, even within lockdown, for example, situations, opportunities, feelings that are serving us. So for people who this is like, this time is really sucking and it, and it will for some people, it could be that, you know, you and I in those job situations that we were in that sucked at the time. Now we both describe it as one of the best things that ever happened to us. Right. And that can be really annoying to hear when you're in the middle of it. And I'm sure probably someone would have, if somebody had said that to me back then, I would want to poke their eyes out. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, So I get it. Um, However, we are able to decide how we respond. That is the thing that we do have control over. We get to decide how we feel and we get to manage our thoughts and process emotions and choose our thoughts. And it's really like thought management. It all starts from there. When you are in a place that you're practicing managing your thoughts and thinking things that are empowering, things that are inspiring, things that are uplifting you will see it start to have this ripple effect into your life and your life will start changing in positive ways. It just always, always happens. I've never seen it not happen. (laughs) Yeah, I want to dig into that a little more in terms of like practicality because I I do, again, like part of the conversation that's going on out there and I understand it and I don't want people to think that this is what it means is to completely ignore the feelings and the emotions that you're having right around the situation. Because it can be very easy to go, oh, well, if I think sad things, then I'm going to attract sad things and so I should not, then I need to, like ignore or pretend or mm. deny, right? That's what I'm trying to deny my emotions, mm-hmm. act like they don't exist. And so then that's where people feel like, 
that's disingenuous and it's not mm-hmm. real. And so what am I supposed to do? Just not feel scared or not mm-hmm. feel sad or not feel upset, right? So how that that vibrational kind of match, right? Yes. That you need to be the vibrational match. How do you do that? And how can you step into the belief and the controlling your feelings and mm-hmm. at the same time, not make the mistake of saying, but I'm going to deny mm-hmm. the actual yeah. real emotions that yes. I'm feeling? How would you answer that? Yeah, I think that's a, a common kind of misconception that it's kind of like wrong to have a negative emotion or a negative thought. Um, for me, it's about it's we're all humans having a human experience and we can't expect to feel positive and high vibe 100% of the time. Unrealistic, right? But if we are feeling a way that isn't serving us or it feels bad or it feels ick or we just feel not good about something, it's about, for me, it, this is an opportunity to notice it, process it, but not sit in it. So you don't sit in it for like prolonged periods of time. So it's not about trying to bat it away because it will just keep coming back and coming back stronger, right? One of my clients has a really great um, analogy. She says, with negative emotions, if you keep trying to like ignore them, it's like trying to keep loads of beach balls underneath the surface of a swimming pool. Like they're going to keep popping back up, right? It's a nightmare. So you have to process it. So I think the difference is, is that when, so for example, with me, before I really got into mindset work, I was, like I said, a stress head. And so I would get into these. And if this had happened, this COVID-19 thing now, I would be stressing, I would be catastrophizing the what if, what if, what if in the negative way. But now instead, I will just notice that my brain wants to go there. I'll process it and I'll see if there's an opportunity, if there's something that I should be addressing or working on. So why am I feeling scared? rather than just being in the feeling of being scared, sort of separating from it and allowing it and then separating from it and saying, okay, what is this telling me? Because actually our emotions are always telling us something and they're always giving us an opportunity to do some deeper work and feel better and heal a lot of the time as well. So actually this could be a good opportunity for noticing those feelings, processing them, dealing with them, seeing if there's something underneath there or a, a pattern that we're starting to notice of actually my brain always goes to that thing. Why is that? Where does that come from? Maybe I could start nipping it in the bud sooner. Maybe I could start noticing it and replacing it with something that feels better. So it's not about just trying to ignore the bad feelings. It's about processing them and seeing if they're trying to teach us something. Does that make sense? Yeah, so I, yeah, I see your beach ball analogy. I'm going to give you one you'll never, ever, ever forget. And this is <laughs> yeah. like something I can't even – this is forever ago that I heard this analogy and I kind of ran with it and I've been using it in a lot of my stuff and I wish mm-hmm. I could remember where I even heard it. But so imagine that you imagine that you have to poop, okay? So you have to poop, right? I'm loving this already, yes. But you decide you – decide, Nope, I'm just going to pretend like I don't have to poop, right? I'm just going to deny that I have to poop. So I'm just going to hold it in and I'm just going to pretend like I don't have to poop. Right? Right? I just, I don't poop. I don't do that. I'm a girl. I don't poop, right? Mm -hmm. But you just hold it in. All of a sudden it starts to hurt. It gets painful. Like you can get sick, right? You could even die, right? If you hold, so it's not healthy to deny, right? That you have to poop. But now let's go in the opposite direction. (laughs) You decide, okay. I'm a pooper. And you go into the bathroom and you poop and you poop in a bag. And then you carry that bag with you everywhere you go. And you're showing your poop bag to all of your friends. And you're like, look at my poop. Let me tell you all about my poop. And I just want to think about my poop and talk about my poop and just like be in my poop all day long. Then you're going to wonder why nobody wants to play with you. <laughs> because 
you stink and nobody like you no everybody else can tell you can't yeah. because you've gotten so used and they to don't want to come right? near you because the they poop smell rubs off on them <laughs> exactly they don't want to be anywhere near your poop right like and so there's that middle ground between denying and wallowing in yes. something right and so I love that you're like yes you have to like feel it and you have to release it but then you have to reframe it right you mm. have to reframe it but you can't re I think I think some of the problem with positive thinking, right, with that, that's out there, mm -hmm. the, the wrong positive thinking. Yes. So when there's so many people talking about it, not getting it right, right, yep. what it makes it sound like is head right to the reframe, right? Like, yep. oh, this is sad. Just, no, reframe it as something positive, right? Like, look for the gratitude and look for the blessing. And You can't do you that. Can't, you have to pass through neutral first. You yep. have to. Yep. You have to first really acknowledge, I feel sad or I feel scared mm -hmm. or I feel upset. And then you have to express that emotion yes. fully until it's gone then you can reframe it right yes. so the poop analogy hopefully everybody will stay with you that. as much you, as it did for me right it's like you can't you just can't i don't know whoever came up with that i'm so sorry that i'm using that forever <laughs> and i can't give you credit for it but it was the best thing i ever heard it was right? the so, best thing. and it's so true and i think the thing that you were just saying there is it's it's about like not just carrying it around with you but i think in that analogy that you can become the person who thinks they are the poop. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And you don't see that you're separate from it. So you're separate for me, from, that's yeah. one way of like starting to neutralize it because you're so correct in that you can't just go straight from negative to positive, especially when the negative's got loads of like charge to it, when it's got its own energy really going in the wrong direction. Trying to swing it back the other way is just really difficult. You have to go through neutral. You have to neutralize it. So for me, one really quick and easy way that people can do that is by noticing that you are not the emotion. So for me, when I was working on getting rid of stress from my life, I was like, oh, I am feeling stressed. I am not stressed. Because we say, I'm so stressed. I'm stressed, right? And we kind of like are the thing. And I'd be like, oh, my brain is feeling stressed or my brain is doing that thing where it wants to think stressful thoughts. And immediately you're putting a degree of separation between you and the emotion. So you can kind of like look at it from the outside and it's easier to process it from there. And it just brings the charge down on it. You know, I love that tip because we are, it's like, oh, I'm happy or, mm. oh, I'm so not worthy or yeah. I'm like, right. It's like, no, I'm just feeling like yes. this, right? Yeah. That's it's just, just a feeling that I'm having right now. Yeah. yeah. And I can just like put that feeling away when I'm ready. Right. So people are feeling, speaking about feeling resistance, even if they want to, I think they're going to feel some resistance at the moment, not everybody, but the mm -hmm. ones that are like having a little bit of difficulty to that, to that, well, I can do this. I can, whatever I can get through COVID-19. I can build mm -hmm. my business. I can make money. Mm -hmm. I can not stress out about homeschooling my child. Mm -hmm. I can whatever. So if they don't really fully believe it, cause we, yeah. we, we always hear that, right? Just if you believe it, you can achieve it. If you, mm -hmm. and people, or like, but what if you can't actually what believe it? Like, <laughs> what if I try and no matter what I try to do, it's like, no, I'm not, I'm not believing it. Like, it just mm. doesn't feel real. What can someone do to start getting to that place, even without truly believing that it can really happen? Yeah. So I think that I've got two key tips there. First is that I think we need evidence. So we are just the sort of like creatures that require evidence to believe in a thing, you know? Now, sometimes people will believe in massive things that they have no evidence of, like the first people who created like an airplane, for example, you know? But the, the thing is, is if we have evidence, it's so much easier to believe. So 
either evidence of us having done something similar that kind of translates. That's a really great one. Any evidence that you've done a thing before. So, you know, when we were starting our businesses, so for me, I was like, well, where is evidence where I've taken a leap and it's paid off? Where's evidence of where I've done a scary thing and been okay? Um, And so start collecting that. And the more you like tune your antenna to collect it, the more you'll start noticing it. And you can notice it in other people too, but it has to be somebody that resonates with you. So it could be somebody on Instagram or somebody you see on Facebook or whatever, as long as you really resonate with them, like, oh, she did it. So yes, it must be possible for me too. Uh, That's a really great kind of shortcut to belief because then you start to bring it into your sphere of possibility. Oh, that could be possible for me because now I'm starting to believe it because I'm seeing this evidence. And then once you start looking for evidence, the great thing is it like fires up that reticular activating system in your brain. So you'll start finding more evidence. (laughs) You can build on it. You need to kind of intentionally start looking for it and go and look for it first of all. So that's um, the first tip. And then the second tip (laughs) <laughs> now my mum brain has kicked in what was the <laughs> like, I don't know there's a second tip somewhere yes it's there. there it's there it's back <laughs> yeah, it's right. what I call halfway thoughts so sometimes if we're saying something like we need to believe like give me give me one that you've heard right now Rita that people are struggling with that they can't believe that people will spend money people, people will spend, spend money, money right, right now. now okay um that doesn't <laughs> yes doesn't. so uh, so the thing is is we want to we want we want to believe, like, I believe people are spending money. Now, if you right. say that and you don't believe that, it pings straight off the bullshit filter in your brain. It doesn't make it through. It doesn't make it through and it doesn't lodge as a new belief. So you saying it isn't doing anything. It's just kind of bouncing straight off against your brain's like, nope, nope. Especially if you don't have any evidence, you haven't been gathering that evidence. So a halfway thought helps you to kind of get around the bullshit filter in your brain. So it could be like, I am choosing to believe that people will pay, that people are spending money right now. I am starting to choose to believe even if you like need a baby step and you start saying that to yourself and write the journaler or say it as an affirmation or use, we like think up app to record our affirmations. But find something that it feels like a choice rather than just a thing you have to just straight up believe. Does that make sense? Like I am choosing to believe this is a really great halfway thought to get you to the belief. And soon that will feel true for you. Like, yes, I am choosing to believe this. Yes, yes. And as you do that in tandem with collecting the evidence, then soon, like sooner than you can actually realize, you can be cultivating a belief. I love that. I love that. That's great. And, um, you know, I think the other thing about this situation, because there, because of the quote unquote feeling of more uncertainty than normal, because this mm. is unknown, right? This mm-hmm. is, I mean, let, let's just be honest. Corey and I, None of us, we, we're not experts in pandemics, no. and we've never had to grow our business through a pandemic. So we're not sitting here like, we know exactly everything yeah. to do to make this pandemic my work. Pandemic plan. <laughs> it's like yeah. my pandemic plan and just implement that, right? It's like, no, we are, we are also in the same place yeah. that you are, right? We just have different tools, perhaps, or different ways of doing. And that's why I'm, I'm bringing Corey to you today, right? To, to share some of this stuff. And another big topic that you're really good at is the concept of surrendering. And I think mm. in a time like this, right, oh God, yes. there is that like, if I can just like surrender to this instead yes. of try to fight it, right, or try to resist it, you can move forward. But again, unfortunately, because of people that talk about this kind of stuff that don't really know it, like the, the buzz that I hear, because I I've been listening, you know, listening to these conversations is, but surrendering it means to accept it, right? And surrendering Mm -hmm. it means like, I'm, but I, 
how would you define somebody's like, what do you mean I'm supposed to surrender to this situation or I'm supposed to surrender to this circumstance or surrender to Mm. this moment in time? What does that mean for you to surrender? Yeah, it means a couple of things. It means to stop fighting it, first of all, because as soon as we're fighting a circumstance, we are wasting so much energy doing that. And, and it would really take a lot of effort to gain any ground in that way right now. The sooner we can accept like where we are and what's right in front of us and what we need to deal with, the sooner we can actually deal with it. Um, so surrendering is in part, it is accepting it because to do that is a gift to yourself because you free up the energy that you would be fighting it with otherwise. Surrender for me is also surrendering to so i say the universe you can say god angels whatever higher power source whatever you believe in that works for you but i think for me it's really useful to have that trust and faith in something larger than myself so that i don't feel like it's all on me it's not all on me to figure out how to navigate through this as a mother and a business owner right now i am surrendering more than half like normally I say half you know half is mine half is the universe right that's right and I'm like hey yeah. more than half like the universe come on <laughs> yeah, I need you to take 75 percent that's okay <laughs> and it just feels better than feeling like it's all on you you know and all on you to yeah. figure it out and trusting that you're going to be supported trusting that you're going to know the right next thing to do and not needing to know 10 steps in advance, that's surrendering to the uncertainty of it, right? Yeah, that's it. That's a big piece too, right? It's like people want to know, well, how is this going to play out? Or mm-hmm. like, how should this look? Or mm-hmm. how is my perfect schedule going to be right now? Mm-hmm. I don't have children, but it's still very, you know, the same for me. It's like that pull to want to know with certainty what I'm doing tomorrow and, and mm-hmm. what that's going to lead to and what that's going to lead to and yeah. what that means. And even in the news, like what's going to happen, right? And so for now, because you do, I mean, you're, you're big in helping entrepreneurs balance being a mom, right, with building their business. And so this is where I'm feeling or hearing, right, this idea of they're fighting instead of surrendering. It's Mm. like they're trying to say, okay, this is a situation, but I don't want this to be the situation. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to try to create another another Mm -hmm. situation, right? Like, no, I'm going to still work my full day or I'm still Mm going to – what, and I'm going to try to act like nothing has changed in my business and I'm just going to – and to me, that's that's the opposite of just kind of surrendering, right? And so – uh, how has that, I mean, I think that that's a good lesson for business at any time. It's like, mm-hmm. I, I wrote down, I think like the building a business now, especially, but at all times really requires surrendering to what your current situation is instead yeah. of trying to fight it, right? And then prioritizing fulfillment over safety. Mm-hmm. And then all of the same business building foundations, right? Creating yes. relationships and trust and, and, and yourself and all of this stuff. So what is different for you right now? Mm. And how is that showing up in your business, right? Because mm. it is a different situation and mm-hmm. you're not you're not going about, I mean, it's business as usual, but not business as usual, no. right? And yeah. so for you, while some things have stayed the same and the foundations have stayed the same, what has changed for you in your business and how have you surrendered? Yeah, that? yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm human just like anyone else. So as soon as I found out that schools were closing and and it was kind of funny because I knew the schools were closing, but I was kind of not, I was still had my head in the sand a little bit. And then when the school sent through, like, here's the homeschool schedule, it really dawned on me like, oh, wait, we have to school ourselves. Oh, I, we do that. We do yeah. that part. Oh. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was just like a prolonged school break. No? Right. Okay. <laughs> no, okay. Okay. And so I did feel like overwhelmed that day. Um, 
was the last day of school and my daughter was upset as well about not seeing her yeah. friends but and, and again like going back to our point before I didn't let myself just be overwhelmed and just sit in it I, I have like my go-to techniques I went to them so um but I just kind of wanted to share that because you know I'm not like just swanning through this impervious to like any <laughs> negative sort right. of thoughts about it or anything um but yeah business does look different and so I again in rather than fighting it so that on that day when I was feeling overwhelmed, it's because I wanted to fight it. I wanted to resist this situation. And, and I felt like I wasn't surrendering to it. So part of what I needed to do to get out of that overwhelm was surrender to it and go, okay, this is the situation. We need to make this work. Things are going to have to look different. That's it. And so um, my husband and I sat down, we formulated a plan. I always feel better when I have a plan. And like you said, it's not about trying to squeeze everything in now that's still not surrendering because that's still fighting the scenario and so I was like okay I'm going to embrace this how can I embrace this how can I embrace this but still spend time with my daughter because the other thing you know you were just saying about surrendering that some people then really want to fight the current situation they want to like cram everything in and like almost hustle go at it even harder but then I see people at the opposite end of the spectrum feeling like just throw their hands up in the air well I'm just not I'm just not gonna do anything in my business then right Right. I'm just not going to do it. It's like, to- I did that. It's my last podcast episode was exactly about that. Right? Like yeah. total permit where you're hearing right now, total permission to not do anything and mm-hmm. total permission to just mm-hmm. sit down. And to- it's like, yes. And, and? If, if your business is still a priority for you, like also you can't do that, right? Yeah. Like you're going to have to do something. Yeah. You can either choose not to, and that's okay. If but that's make it a choice. really intentional choice yes. and be okay with mm-hmm. the downside of that. So that if your business totally dries up, that you're okay with that and you are happy with rebuilding it later. Yeah, you know? it's like you're just making an educated decision about yes. what it means, right? The results that will come from that. And so I think what the surrender part where you just said, you know, when I surrendered, it was like I said, okay, so things are going to have to look different now, right? Mm-hmm. And then knowing you, you can, you went back to your belief and combine that with like, mm-hmm. I can choose what to believe, right? Yes. So I can believe I can still make the money that I want to oh, make. Absolutely. Yeah. Even with this different yes. situation. And I, so you're, you're, it was not an immediate for you. And I think this is a big thing for everybody. Mm-hmm. It was not an immediate, oh, this is going to be bad for my business. Like no. all of these changes will have a negative impact because I can't do things the way that I've done. Instead, it was, I can't do things the way I've done. And I can believe mm. that even doing it this other way that I've never had to do it before, right? Like I can still achieve all yes. of my goals, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. And if, I, if I'm honest, like this is this kind of shows how much of the mindset work I've done. Like one thing that we've talked about sort of in our mastermind is how when you've been doing mindset work, you've been like banking the credit and now is the time you get to draw down on that. And so an example of that is that when I was feeling overwhelmed, my brain did not go to the, what is this going to mean for my business? Is it going to mean, you know, I don't make any money? Is it going to mean like, you know, the lack and the scarcity mindset? Because I cultivate continuously an abundance mindset and I kind of trust in my ability to just keep creating money so much so that if my business went away in a puff of smoke, I'll be like, cool, I'll build another. <laughs> you know, yes, I'm that kind of like have that much faith in abundance. So I just wanted to kind of point that out. And that's because of all of that work that I've been doing. The work. It's the real work. But the thing that for me that was making me feel overwhelmed was what about my schedule? Because I am so used to being. Such I'm a, so glad you went there because that is yeah. exactly the next thing, right? Because I said one thing I love is that you've made decisions and you've made a decision to not work more than 25, mm. 25 hours, right? I a mean, week, now, right? like now we're like looking at right. maybe 12. Well, that's yeah. what I was going to say, right? So like now, right? And, and you made that decision 
a while ago because yes. you're like, this is why mm-hmm. I'm running my business yeah. is to spend time with my child. Yes. And so the only way that I'll ever get to work 25 hours is just by making the decision. It's non-negotiable. <laughs> is yeah. that, yeah, is that I'm still going to build the business I want and yeah. work 25 hours and hold to that, right? So yes. then I, I I did say like, how, how has this changed, right? So now you're mm. like down to like, 12, 12 <laughs> you know, to maybe 16, 12 something like that. Yeah. <laughs> right. Because you've got some new responsibilities. Right. So but how did coming at your business like that from the beginning, how did mm-hmm. that impact your business? Because like you said, like your overwhelm wasn't around the money. Right. It was around maybe the I feelings. I was worried about where time. my me time was going to come from. Right, you're like, <laughs> what happened to my like my time schedules over here where I had plenty of time for everything that I wanted yes. to do. Yeah. Right. So how did you work through that so that mm-hmm. you feel good about your your time again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So again, it comes back to like, what can I control? I can control how I feel inside. And so w- what I realized is I, I kind of looked at what was the overwhelm telling me in the way that I was uniquely experiencing it. So everybody's going to experience something like overwhelm differently, but it was telling me like, I'm worried about my well-being because I have cultivated my ideal lifestyle, which very much takes care of me and my family, of course. But I know when I look after me, everybody else around me is happy, right? Um, right. And so I was kind of like, how am I going to exercise? How am I going to journal? How am I going to do things that feel good for me and have like, I'm just used to having a lot of time in the house on my own. And I'm just that sort of person that that's, that's what recharges me. It's just having some like thinking space and some downtime. So I was like that, if we're all in the house all the time, no matter what, that's going to go out the window. And that was the thing that the overwhelm was telling me like, that's my kind of priority. I know because I've done it before that I can still make my business work. So that wasn't the thing that the overwhelm was telling me. Now that might tell somebody that instead, that the message might be that for them. But for me, it was like, I need to kind of find a way to prioritize myself. And I had to get creative with it. And I had to take back control. And so what I'm doing now is something that I'm never normally an advocate of. I am not a fan of the whole get up early thing because I oh, think- Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. I think for, I think for mums- particularly that we can be burning the candle at both ends if we're not um, careful. And so if you have the opportunity to sleep in as a mum, you should take it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But I I thought, well, the thing is, is what's important to me is it's that feeling of time in the house on my own. The only way I'm going to create that, I can't pack off my husband and child every day (laughs) somewhere. Um, So the only way I'm going to create that is if I start getting up early. Am I happy with that trade-off? Because there's always a trade-off, right? And I was like, yes, that's going to make me feel happy. And now I'm absolutely loving it so much that I may be a convert on the morning thing because I'm getting up just one hour That's great. I mean, I am a a more, like, I love it for that reason, though. That's my, I mean, I don't even have kids. I have a a dog, which is like my kid. And then I have a husband who works from home a lot yep. anyway. And so the morning is like my time. And like then I go to bed. Tree. Yeah. It's sanctuary. And I go to bed earlier than my husband now lately. Mm-hmm. And he said, I see now why you like to get up early in the morning. Because for him now, when I go to sleep and I take the dog with me, that's like Then he his, gets at that end of the day. Yes. Uh, uninterrupted time. And he's like, I get I get it now. Mm-hmm. I, I see why this is important to, to you, right? Because it's a, I, I'm the same as you. I need that quietness or that yes. space to think and to to recharge, right? So how are you balancing then? Because, I mean, you're finding the time. So I, I wrote down what I love about this is you may have to do something differently, right? You have to, mm. you might have to get creative and it might not be your forever solution. Like you're yeah. happy, you're becoming maybe a morning convert, but like mm. also you didn't have to, right? Like no. this could just be temporary, yes. but I love the, the talk around trade-offs and you're yes. like, okay, so, you know, everything comes with a trade-off. And mm-hmm. it, uh, to me, it's just a matter of, 
is what I'm gaining more than mm. what I'm giving up? But we always have to give up something in order to yes. get something. And I think that the feeling of overwhelm and that fighting and that surrendering is mm. when we think we don't we don't have to give something up, yeah. right? In order yes. to like and that- get. So, how are you noticing that with your clients right right now as mm. they're having to embrace juggling new routines and new schedules and homeschooling? Because most of your clients mm-hmm. are are moms, right? And so they're having to face all of this like new new responsibility, new stuff, but they still have their goals and they still want to achieve things. So how are you helping them determine trade-offs and work through the feelings that mm. come from, you're going to have to give something up if you still want this other thing, right? Yes. How, how is that? How are those conversations going? Yeah. So it always, for me, it's kind of like um, a layer cake. So it starts with the, the mindset piece of, you know, what pressure are you putting on yourself? Because when it comes to not being willing to make the trade-offs, it's because we're trying to be too many things to too many people. It comes down to that like almost every single time that we're not saying, no, we're not, we're not valuing our time. We don't have those energetic boundaries. So we have to start there. Like, let's get real about the pressure you're putting on yourself. Are you putting the pressure on yourself that you need to be an excellent homeschooler? Suddenly some kind of incredible homemaker plus a business owner, plus just have fun with the kids, plus, you know, like, ridiculous like to be trying to excel in all of those different areas and that's internal pressure we have control over that so that's what I always start with um and then from there and then getting really clear on what are your actual priorities like for me I have two priorities in my business and then I have like family time and being present with my daughter like that's it so it makes a really easy lens through which you make decisions like either if it's like a business slot kind of decision does it fulfill one of my two priorities? Otherwise, is it about spending quality time with her? If not, I can let it slide. Now, you know, things like housework, not getting done much around here right now because I don't have the home help that I normally do. Um, And I would rather chill or spend time with her. And, you know, so it's about making this choice. So I I help them with those priorities. And then we come up with like a structure because structure is the thing that actually gives us back that freedom and it gives us that framework that we can use to make decisions on trade-offs you know yeah no I love that I think that that's so important right is to get very clear on the decisions that you want to make in your priorities and understand okay that's where my time goes and for right mm-hmm. now my house might be messy or for right now mm-hmm. I might not be homeschooling my child with the top tools and the top time or right now I'm not home cooking all our meals yes. and I'm not going to feel bad about that right but once you know that it's a choice that you're making and you're mm-hmm. putting it in alignment it's bringing with that intentionality in yeah well, and that's why I love your because I, you know, I made the same decision this year to only while well, I work thirty, you know, thirty. Now mm. I'm probably down to twenty five, trying to get down to twenty now, you know, <laughs> hours a week. And because I kept going, oh well, once I blank, then I'll be able to, you know, work mm-hmm. thirty hours. And I think it was like you or Lacey or somebody said, like, no, look, the only time you're ever going to work yeah, thirty is hours if you just start just, doing it. Just start yeah. doing it, and that forced me to have to make decisions when it became mm-hmm. a non negotiable for me to work over thirty hours a week. It was oh well, I have work that totals more than. 30 hours a week. So what am I going to delegate? What am I going to let go of? What am I going to what am I going to get rid of in yes. order to to do this thing? Like how am I it made me have to be intentional, mm-hmm. right? And I think that's what it all comes yeah. down to right now. And is then just 
be intentional. And then once you've made those priorities and, and you've kind of set like that non-negotiable or that structure of like for you for like 20 hours, 25, whatever that looks like, you then need an extra layer of mindset work to stick to it. <laughs> to stick to it. That is so true. And it's honor so that true. commitment to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And so those are the boundaries there, right? It's honoring your boundaries. Mm-hmm. It's setting your boundaries, right? Setting your non-negotiables, setting all of that, and then honoring them. And I think that's easier to do when you are taking care of yes. yourself, right? Yes. So, so somebody might be sitting out there right now going, okay, look, I want to manifest stuff. <laughs> I like this. I want to manifest. I want to fi- manifest money. Where is an mm. easy place for me to start manifesting some some money right now? I've decided to believe it's possible. Yeah. Um, and I'm ready to 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 go after it. So where can they they start if they're not doing this as a normal course of business? Yeah. I mean, you can manifest. You don't need a business to manifest money. You no. can manifest money from anywhere. And really, the thing with manifesting money is that you actually you don't want to make it have to come from a certain place. Because when you do that, you are kind of minimizing the options available to you. It's best to kind of leave it wide open. Like, I don't care how this comes to me, but I know I want this. I think it's really kind of nice if you're starting out with manifesting money in particular to start with a sum for something in particular that feels kind of fun. So it keeps it kind of light um, because when you're working on manifesting money in particular, I keep saying in particular, <laughs> it's very particular. Very it's particular. manifestation <laughs> Very particular. Um, when you're manifesting money, you want to be free from resistance. And the trouble is, is what and the reason why money mindset work is such a big deal is because so many of us have so much resistance to actually receiving the thing that we think that we want. So we think that we want lots of money, pull back the surface, uh, you know, scratch beneath the surface, and we'll find a ton of crap that we believe about our ability to make money, our worthiness to receive money, what it means to have money, how money is bad and root of all evil and all this this nonsense. So you can feel really resistant to it. But if you want to just kind of get started in a fun and quick and easy way before you do that work, because that work is necessary if you're going to manifest any significant sums of money and keep it. But something to do is to pick something that just feels fun, something that just would feel like a fun thing to have. And to, and it has some significance to you or some meaning to you. So it would be really fun because so some people are into, I don't know, say like if you were into designer bags, it's not my thing, but I get like lots of people are. Maybe you've always had your eye on a particular designer bag and you think, well, if I had that, I will feel so badass wearing it and I'm going to put it on and I'm going to walk around like this when I have it, you know, and it evokes that feeling in you. It has to have, be something that evokes feeling. So come up with something that you want to manifest money for. It's not just an amount, just trying to manifest a, mon- a monetary amount with no meaning behind it is really quite hard to do because you know, numbers on a page, money in a bank, it doesn't actually do anything for you. And that's how you attract it is when it actually does something for you. So you want to pick something that feels light and fun and easy. And like, it would just be like a nice to have in your life. It's not like essential and I must have it today because that can bring in some really tight restrictive energy, but something that equally has enough of a pull that it feels really exciting to work on manifesting it. So I would start with something and then just stay open to receiving it and notice how you are feeling about it. Are you feeling open to receiving it? If you're not, you've got some money mindset work to do. And just stay open to it and just keep visualizing yourself with it. Keep feeling the feelings of already having it and imagining it. Like for example, I'm I'm manifesting two paintings for our lounge at the moment. Now I could arguably 
just go and buy them. <laughs> um, but I want to manifest them with like an unexpected sum of money. So this is my, it's just something I'm playing with right now. So it's yeah, like yeah, I love it. energetically playing with something because it would just feel even more fun and abundant for me if it came in like a huge influx of sales that I wasn't expecting, for example, or I wasn't like gearing up to and really intentionally setting about creating or just a gift from something or your windfall of some kind, who knows? And so, but for me, I know exactly the paintings. I've already got them picked out. I have the places on the wall in the lounge marked out. When I walk in the lounge, I imagine them there and I imagine being like, those are my magical manifestations. Yes, <laughs> you know, look how magical I am. Like, and for me, it really evokes feeling. And because they're really beautiful paintings, I know I'm going to really enjoy looking at them. And so I, that's just something I'm playing with right now. Does that make sense? So it's nice yeah. to just, to when you're getting started, start with something that feels fun. Fun. Yes. Yeah, I think that's the important part. It's got to feel good mm-hmm. so that you want to do it and so that mm-hmm. you keep doing it and flexing that muscle. Do you have a money ritual? Do you have like a daily money ritual? Um, no, actually. I don't have a daily – well, actually, maybe that's not so strictly true. Not like a daily ritual as such. So I always do mindset work, and every day that's going to include money and abundance type of stuff. So um, I'm a bit flexible with my mindset work because I like – it's consistent, but I will go with what feels good on a given day. So I'll do affirmations or I'll do future-based gratitude journaling, or I often – if I'm working on – a new money level. So we tend to get to a certain money level and then stick there. And, you know, if you've ever been the sort of person that you've either always had a certain amount of money in your bank account, you can never seem to have more, or you're always just in your overdraft, you can never seem to get back out and you're back into it. Whenever we all have a money level, like a bandwidth that we kind of are bouncing around in between. And what we can do is, is move our energy up and work on our money mindset to clear the path to that next money level. So if I'm doing that, then I do have a ritual that I will listen to, um, a guided meditation every night as I go to sleep so that I can just get in there to when my brain is really suggestible and reprogram those beliefs so that I feel empowered and worthy and open to receive that new money level. I love it. I listen to a song every day. So mine is, I listen to this song called Money Is Coming To Me and I just dance around. I know there's no such thing called the abundance chakra, but in my world there is. And I shake my abundance chakra and I sing the song and I've done it forever, right? And so somebody asked me the other day, Rita, how are you able to feel abundant right now when mm-hmm. all you hear is all of the scarcity every time you turn on the news? Well, or first of all, other- stop watching the news. Stop watching the news. Oh, that was the first thing. That's an easy like, one. Next, listen to the song and dance around, right? It was really funny. Mm-hmm. We're getting to the end, but you'll appreciate this is that one day. So I sing the song a lot. It's like money's coming to me. Money's coming to me. I'll put the the link to it in the show notes. (laughs) And one day I hear from upstairs in my bedroom, like my husband, and he's like, coffee is coming to me. (laughs) Coffee keeps coming to me. And wouldn't you know it, I made him some coffee and I brought him. He's like, this shit works. He's like, I manifested this. And I'm like, you did, baby. You did good job, right? Um, But I love it because it feels fun and it reminds Mm. me there is an abundance and there's plenty to receive. And, you know, again, it's not that I don't feel the way that other people might be feeling Mm -hmm. at moments. It's just I move through it really quickly if it comes back, right? I think that's the important thing. And that comes from all the practice. You've got to train your – it's like running a marathon, right? People are like, well, Rita, I'm not able to do that right now. Well, cool. It's because you haven't been – exercising yeah. for the marathon or training in any way. And now you're Get trying to run sofa. a marathon, yeah, right? Like you got to start yeah. easy, start easy, yes. start fun. And then you can build your way up to the big steps. So I always do things. Uh, I do like a little lightning round oh, cool. to end out my, so don't overthink your answers, right? But I want you to just like, boom, 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 mm-hmm. boom. So if you could give one sales tip right now for mm-hmm. business owners, mm-hmm. because there there is a lot of 
I don't know if it's right to sell during a pandemic mm. or like, I don't know if people are buying right now during a pandemic or like, I don't think I have time to even sell right now during a pandemic. So mm-hmm. whatever that is, if you could give one sales tip to business owners out there, what would it be? Yeah. Connect to why you need to sell your thing, like why it's important for the people who need it. So stop worrying about what's going on out there, what you should be doing, et cetera, and just concentrate on your people and the fact that they need what you're selling right now. That's it. I love it. What about one time tip for people right now? Um, to know that time is your most precious resource. So start spending it with intention. <laughs> yeah, intention. intention. And then what are yeah. what are the podcasts on your podcast playlist? Ooh, um, so I love Chakra Girl, Chakra Girl Radio. Um, she's good. And I like Brooke Castillo's Life Coach School, too, that yes. spring to mind. I don't listen to a ton, though, because I'm really picky about content that I can see. Yeah, I, well, I imagine, right? Because it's, it's like, you've got to be really careful mm-hmm. about what you allow in. Mm-hmm. But what, what about books on your nightstand or books wherever you get? What, what books oh are you I have like so many books on the go. I just finished a Philippa Gregory novel, Tidelands. Oh, really I love good. those. I love her. I love, love her, her stuff. stuff. So yeah, good. so good. Yeah. Um, and um, what else? Oh, and I was reading The Source. The Source. Yes. Okay. Yeah, cool. it's about kind of the... It's like neuroscience but and manifestation kind of roll together. It's really great. Oh, nice. I'll have yes. to check that out. What is a, mo- a life motto that you live by? Everything is always working out for me. Yeah, that is your motto. And it really is. Guys, everything, she, she's not making that up. Everything's always working out for her. And it can work for you too, right? So anybody right. listening, that can be uh, your yes, motto and it, your truth. Yes. Yeah. I, I, mine is like, I get what I want or better. I always yes. get what I want or better, right? Yep. So having a motto is so important. Um, what is something that somebody would be surprised to learn about you? Hmm. Um, that I was a really terribly rebellious teenager. I like did all the things I shouldn't have been doing. <laughs> really? That is surprising. Got, oh my gosh, that's a, a tattoo on my butt when I was 15. Oh! Fake ID. <laughs> Just oh to God, give I you one example. That's just one. That's just the one I'll share on the one. podcast. Yes. So, you know, yeah. um, what uh, what is something that actually feels uh, like a goal that you have that feels a little uncomfortable to you right now mm-hmm. where you're having to work through growing into that goal? Mm-hmm. Well, the goal that we probably share is that scaling my business to seven figures. Yeah. And yeah. so I love that. It is. A, it, I love that it is a stretch goal because that's the point, right? Is it makes me work through my stuff that comes up. So I am just keeping my sights firmly, firmly set on that. Now, it would be really easy right now because this is something we're both in this mastermind called Millionaires, Millionaire Makers, right? So it's kind of a common goal Yeah, exactly. <laughs> for, for all of us in there. Now, it would be really easy right now to be like, well, obviously that goal's on hold. I'm like, no, actually, do you know what? No. I'm going to see how... So for me, I, I love like pushing the boundaries of what seems possible as like in particular a mother and a business owner, because I think mums can tell us, we can tell ourselves so much stories about how having kids in some way limits us or impedes us in our ability to actually go and, and be successful. And I think that's BS. And I love kind of pushing the boundaries there of like, how much can I earn and, and how little can I work? <laughs> um, and I love my work. So I don't want to like stop working altogether and have a totally passive business, but I want to really keep pushing the boundaries. So I feel like this time, challenging though it is, is also a blessing for me because I'm getting to really push those boundaries and and still believe in my ability to create seven figures in revenue within a year without like working as much as I would normally work you know so it's yeah it's making me flex my belief even more so 
it is uncomfortable. Working out, and like it. yeah. it's uncomfortable, but it's also about having fun with it and just yes. being like, huh, this is just a challenge. Like, I wonder yeah. if I can do this. I dare myself to try. Yeah. Right? Like, like nothing that's bad's so going to happen if I don't do it, but it feels yeah. fun to do it. Yeah. Feels fun to do it. Um, so what what's a project that you've got going on that you want to tell my audience about? Is there anything mm. or anything that you've got that you'd like to tell yeah, people about? Yeah, so I've literally just finished creating, um, and it depends when you're going to air this, but um, and it will be Tuesday. Oh, okay, <laughs> Tuesday. It will be in the shop on. Let me see the dates here. So on the, I'm thinking like the 20th of April. It will be it will be available at corriejavid.com forward slash shop. But it is specifically a feel better bundle, and it is for people who are feeling a bit crappy, feeling overwhelmed right now, particularly if there's mothers, business owners, but it doesn't matter if you're not a mother, that's not like a prerequisite. And it is the mindset work and the practical work to get a handle on your time, your schedule, and how you're feeling most importantly, and start cultivating that positive energy. So I'm describing it's like, it's like a spa day for your brain. Think of it that way. Oh, I love it. I love and it. It's a and that's bundle. A- and it's just $47. So it's like super accessible. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I'm so glad that you're doing that. I think that that's so important right now, guys. So I really check that out April, you know, about April 20th. You'll know in the show notes. So there'll be a link. Just go bookmark it and keep checking, keep checking it. Now, if people want to get in touch with you before that or find you before Mm -hmm. that, or if they're like, look, I I came up with some resistance to the the whole money Mm -hmm. thing Mm -hmm. when I was trying your thing, where's the best place for them to come find you or talk to you? Yeah. So come and listen to my podcast, which is the Limitless Mother podcast, or head over to my website, corriejavid.com com and over there we've got everything so I've got limitless mother template shop so I have templates in there for you know I do my guided meditations every evening I have a template in there you can use the exact one that I do and put in whatever you're working on there's a middle section where you can tweak it depending on what you're trying to manifest or the mindset you're trying to cultivate you can create that for yourself using my template and also you can find out about my money mindset course over there as well so I do an all audio money mindset course like super transformational so we have the doors aren't open on it yet waitlist is open though so you can go to corriejavid.com forward slash limitless if you want to get on the waitlist cool and guys we'll put all of that in the show notes for you so you can find all of the links Corey, thank you so much everyone out there there is no reason now why you shouldn't be manifesting an abundance of money and an abundance of time yes. and starting to do the work to feel good and stepping into the beliefs hopefully this helped you do it if not i know that there are other tools if you need more that Corey has or feel free to reach out to me we will help send you anything that we can that we think would help you as you step into the next yes. level at this time but really at any time that's what we're here for. So thank and you, Corey. Tag us. If you've manifested something yeah. magical, tag us on Instagram. Yeah, please or do. Sharing, we would love sharing it. it. Yeah. If you're like, oh, I did something, be- Abrita's Abrita, podcast made me do this thing because Corey told me to do it. And so, you know, to get, that's a good one. Rita made me do it. Corey told me to do it. Like, that's <laughs> a good thing. And then to let us know what happened because if you have fun with it, we know it yes. can be really amazing what you allow in. Oh, so yeah. guys, thank you again, Corey. Thank Everyone, you, I will talk to you all next week on another episode of the Rita made me do it show. Hey, before you go, Thank you for listening to my show. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. Please take a minute to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you get your podcasts and leave a review. It'll only take you a second, but it will help other people discover the Read and Mimi Do It show. And my goal is to share this business boosting and life-changing content with as many people as possible. In fact, because I value your time so much, every month one reviewer will win a free coaching call with me. 
So if you want to get laser focused and go all in on the results that you most want in your business, then leave a review now. And then head on over to readamamedoit.com where you can find the show notes from today's episode.